Welcome to this week's Burson Garage HP HQ podcast. I'm Jay Benz and I'm here with my mate, Webby. Webby, cracking episode coming up, mate. You're going to be. It's going to be a great night. Absolutely. We have Mark Boxer from Hoon TV. He's been in the content car content game and around for 20 years plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and we got Marv as well. Marv's also been in the car content game for 15, 20 years. He's been doing this stuff a long time. These guys have been around the halls of some of the coolest magazines and, you know, and, and, and publications and events. Really got some good stories coming up from those guys. And then we've got, um, then we got Mick Fabar, who's been great in the car content game for well over 20 years and built some of the best cars ever seen in Australia. Hasn't he built some of the some of the some of the awesome cars we've seen at shows over the years, like unbelievable. And and many times yeah. over, you know, like in different sort of stuff. Yeah. Forward to that it's interesting you say that, Jamins, because I reckon most people have only got one really top level car in them. He's actually that, yeah. built three Yeah, he's actually built three of yeah. the best cars ever built. Like absolutely world class cars. So yeah, he's he's an exceptional Exceptional guy and exceptional builders. So looking forward to having a chat with me. Yep, awesome. All right, we want to say thanks again to Burson Garage. Make sure you get onto bursongarage.com.au and register, like me and Webster both have. And get all the Burson specials you need because they support us and we want you guys to support them. Yeah, great company. Absolutely. And don't forget that there's under two months to Rocky Nats. So if you want to come along, please make sure you get on the Summer Nats website and thought that out. So, <laughs> absolutely, and I'm sure. Um, I know we've said almost every week, but I'm actually sorting through a lot of the entries at the moment, and uh, I can guarantee you that that part will absolutely be solid because it's absolutely full now. And a lot of the reason for that is because MotorX has been postponed. Uh, I've got quite a few new cars. We'll we'll end up with probably 12 to 14 unveiled cars, and uh, quite a few elite cars all coming to Rocky. So. Really looking forward to that. Yep, awesome, awesome. All right, let's get on with the cracking show. Let's hit it. Next guest, welcome, Mick Fabar. Hey, Mick. Hey, guys. How you going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I've been wanting to get you on for a while. And look, I'm sure the majority of people out there will be aware of you or know of you, and even though you've been quiet for a little while, as we all have. But um, before we start on your cast, just give us a little bit of background about yourself and uh, your business that you you got these days. Uh, well, uh, look, I live in Orange. Um, live lived here all my life, been in the car game, um, as you know, from uh, <laughs> bitten pretty hard when I was young, surrounded by people of influence, and uh, uh, but carpenter by trade and, and then a builder, and now um, our business has progressed into a, um, we specialise in building green homes and we're doing them all over the place, which is good, so yeah, the business has really gone well, um, which has been a blessing, not through anything other than hard work and and yeah. all that, but um, but yeah. So we operate in Australia, um, New Zealand, and the US. We opened in the US in 2017. Things are going quite well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been a it's 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 been a pretty pretty awesome ride. Yeah, and I bet um, I know you you're in the US with the business, and I'm sure you would have liked to do a few more car events, but the COVID hit, and so you obviously probably didn't get to too many. But yeah, well, that put a pretty well. I haven't. Didn't couldn't get there at all. I was there yeah. early January 2020, and then we got back and um, we did a few shows over there, as in as in work related shows, industry shows, mm. and then got back late January, and then we were supposed to be back over there in March, 
um, COVID hit and, and, you know, we haven't done anything. So um, it, it's been it's been a bit of a challenge running the running the group, um, you know, building homes all over the, over the place, uh, working with, um, you know, multiple partners all over the world uh, via Zoom, but seem to spend most of our days on Zoom, myself and the management yeah. team. But, yeah, but, I mean, how things have changed, but pretty lucky, really, isolated in this country compared to... Um, What's been happening in other countries, the US has been terrible. We've had some pretty close, um, uh, I suppose, uh, you know, colleagues that have, that have caught COVID and, 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 and people that have worked in the business that have, that have had um, family members pass away. So really, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky here. We've done a good job yeah. of handling it. Yeah, we sure have. But uh, and speaking of building, mate, um, you've got some pretty cool cars behind you there. At, I can see Swoop, I can see Zero, I can see Raw, and across the fair lane. I hope those building, I hope those meetings that you're doing for, for via Zoom for work purposes are right there. Look, well, this is the first one. I'd love to do awesome. a from here, but I've always wanted to do a Zoom meeting from this shed. So yeah, well there you go. That's the shed to do it from, mate. No, I'd, Try to keep them. I'm pretty pretty hopeless. Can't part with them. But yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. should offload them. But no, no not don't a, do that. Don't no, do that. not at all, mate. I I actually want to talk in particular. I want to talk about all your cars, zero. But before we get on to that, um, I, I guess the the started with the Fairlane, but then the Swoop was the one that really took you to the next level. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we, we debuted Swoop in 2005 at Motorex, and and um. Even today, I look back, and not just because I was a part of that group of guys, but that particular year, Motorex, when we debuted the 2005-2006 series and the and the and the circuit that we did that year, um, it, it, it just seemed to be a whole another level. I don't know whether we've ever reached that level again, and and uh, with the amount of quality of yeah. cars, I mean, there was there's been great cars, and but at that particular that particular series, that particular um, those years. There were so many. There were six, seven, eight top, top absolute top shelf cars. You know, that yeah. with with Gary and Debbie's, uh, you know, Silver Bullet and you know multiple other cars. Uh, you know, and then Fitzy's Trill, um, FC came back, and like it was just the Laurie, level was just insane. Laurie Grimer's '56 Chev. There was all those cars. Oh, wasn't it, it was yeah. just unreal. Like, uh, but yeah, I mean, and it was very, very um, competitive. Like, you know, and and yeah, Swoop was a car that we wanted to. Uh, we really wanted to get to that top level and 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 maintain and set a and and we set a goal and and that's what we set out to achieve. Yeah, and and then followed closely after that was probably one of my favourite cars of all time was uh, was Raw. That was just uh, the, the thought that or your process that went into that. You're like a supercar. You had a little bit of aircraft. You had a little bit of more of everything in that car, didn't you? Yeah, I wanted to um, really hit on the pro, really take the pro touring um, uh, level to another level. I wanted to really complete that whole pro touring. I hadn't really seen it in a in a hot rod to the yeah. level that I wanted to do. And um, you know, six speed manual box, and you know, all the V8 supercar type running gear, and you know, but and yeah, it was it was interesting because you remember when that car debuted, it wasn't well received. Um, we, we were completely left to centre, and then years later, it it seemed to to gather a bit of momentum, and and now I've got you know people talk to me about it uh, quite frequently, and um, I must get it out of the shed and get it to. Well, I was intended I'll, to take it to Motorex. I'll put my hand up. I loved it from the start, mate. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, but, you, you're, but one, you're one of about five. <laughs> but quite because people never really got it, Mick. That you're exactly right there. Like. The name Raw was because it wanted the car to be raw, so you left exposed welds and all that type of thing where everything was covered up. So it was so groundbreaking in the day and people didn't get it. You're exactly right. Mm. I was pretty shattered uh, when we first debuted. It just didn't, it just didn't get the um, – I sp- the feedback wasn't great. And I thought, mm. oh, I, just, I, just, I, th- I really thought I'd missed the mark. But, you know, then again, you know, we all build cars for ourselves and, and um, you know, first and foremost, I loved it and I still love it today. So, oh, me too. Um, and, and the, you know, so uh, I wasn't overly worried, but um, it, it took a while to come around that car and I think it's got its place in, in the hot rod scene, you know, with, with, with and I love all types of hot rods, whether they're classics or cruisers or show cars or pro tourers, I like them all. So um, but it's got its place and it's got its, the people that like it and, and it is what it is. 
But you look at any body or anything that's groundbreaking that goes to the next level, it's never that well received in Australia. That's just the, as that's just part of the culture here, isn't it? Yeah, we're slow movers as a society, and mm. um, uh, there's not a lot of um, real visionary. Uh, and you can see that in you know the amount of groundbreaking cars that we've built as a collective group over the years. We sort of stick to the same genre, um, you know. And I think uh, certainly I haven't adopted this, but I think we, as a as a group, probably try to please uh, the person next door before right. we try to please ourselves. So, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, that. Probably not. That's not the road that's that I've travelled. That's not you. That's exactly no, right. Not really. Speaking of that, we, you really went out on a limb on the next one with zero. So just give us a bit of a background on that. I just think that's an amazing car. Uh... Yeah, it was, it, it, the thing was we, it was hard to justify um, to Sophie, my wife. I said, look, I want to build another car. <laughs> and uh, she's like, you know, that, that was hard to get across the line. So I, I pitched it like, let me do something sustainable and we'll um, – We'll build it as a business asset and um, we'll, we'll get some, we'll use it as kudos in that way. We'll, like, let's do something and really change the, the, the mentality of the common man against uh, what we were seeing. And as you know, you're a part of the project. You know, we got huge accolades from that car. We, we were really, it was one of the catalysts to, for the introduction of the, um, the, the uh, street registration, hot rod registration and, and in New South Wales, we had the, the, um, the transport minister, Duncan Gay, at Motorex, who sat in the car, and then, then we did a, um, a thing at New South Wales Parliament. Like, it just, it, it, just, took, it, it just took our hobby to a whole new audience. And, um, and, and for us, it was, it, it was good because it fitted with our business brand, um, you know, building, building sustainable homes and, and preaching uh, sustainability and, and uh, energy efficiency on on one sense, why couldn't we take that into a, into a hot rod car project? So, um, and we did it, as you know, properly and, and had it certified and uh, we did a lot of groundbreaking things. And for me, that was the most enjoyable part was doing things that no one had done before. And, um, uh, and it, it was one car that was well received from, from day one. So it was good, you know, and you know, I had it out the other day, went down the shop and got some milk in it. Like, so, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I was thinking that. I was thinking. Nah, 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 I don't know. Got some diesel in it. Got some diesel, mate. I drive to work and park it out front of the office. And, nah, 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 nah. No, it hasn't been so, shed for a couple of years. So just because there's a few people that still really wouldn't know the depth that you went to to build that car and, and uh, what's actually in it. So just give us a bit of a rundown on that car. Yeah, so it's, a, it's obviously an XR Falcon that was uh, recycled, obviously, as we all do, but it was a $1,000 eBay buy, which you couldn't do today, but that was like <laughs> 2010 we bought the car. Um, and then every uh, we, we partnered with the Bond University in Queensland who um, uh, did a, a class pro or, or a, a group project on the car on the 12 months that we built the car. We had some pretty um, interesting KPIs about um, the energy that we used to build the car, where we got the parts from, how they got transported. So we had to tick all these boxes about uh, not only recycled, which hot rodders and street machines do very well, and I think we're underrated when we, when we do that. Uh, that hadn't sort of – we hadn't shone, shone a light on that before. Yeah. Uh, or, or no one had taken attention. So it wasn't doing anything new that, you know, some of the great car builders of, of our whole generation in sport have you uh, You were done. just do you were documenting it. I just documented yeah. it. Um, then, we, then we pulled a, um, uh, you know, a 7.3-litre diesel out of an F350, recycled it, reconditioned it, um, you know, upgraded it, obviously, um, rebuilt it and put it in the car um, and, you know, it, so it, it runs on, we, we converted it to run on biodiesel, which wasn't overly difficult. So it runs, it'll run on a 50-50 mix of diesel, biodiesel. Um, not that biodiesel is readily available, but uh, so we did that. Um, and there was a lot of people involved in that car that um, hadn't been involved in our um, sport or hobby, hobby, hobby for, like a you know, tractor, tractor builder from um, Arizona that was, you know, running multiple tractors on his farm out of uh, on biodiesel that he was making himself. He was pretty heavily involved in the fuel system. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that that, that just were done that um, really hadn't been done before. And then, of course, then um, we completely re-engineered the car, so all the suspension's different, and it's either fabricated or from another car. And um, you know, it's it's a, it's really just a completely hand-built car. So um, the trick to that project was building an elite quality car. 
with a car that resonated with the Australian hot rod community, street machine community, um, that <coughs> provided a carbon, a net carbon zero outcome uh, at the end of the build, which is what we achieved. So um, we, we were the first uh, people to do it in the world, whether we're actually the first or just the first people that uh, team that have yeah. documented it properly and had it and, and had it um, third party um, documented endorsed. I don't know, but um, but anyway, we were the first to do it at the time. Diesel's obviously pretty big in America now. I don't think anyone gives a flying rats whether it, whether they're carbon neutral or not. But at the time, for us, that was a big deal. And and like I said, it was it led to a lot of uh, political, um, I suppose, smiles uh, on 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 the the people in our game, and and obviously the leaders like yourself were able to get you know our. Uh, street machine regos done in New South Wales, and, try, and and it gave a lot of leverage. So, um, you know, that car's probably got a place in in street machining history. You know, a, a yes. bit of an unri unwritten line in there somewhere. You know, it's been a catalyst for a, for a few for a few good wins. Yeah, and, and it actually ended up as uh, like a top judge car, and also a grand champion. Some of that, so it actually just ticked every box. It was fully sustainable, all documented. Top judge, so for the quality, and then drove well to win the grand champion. So, what more could yeah. you ask for? Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, that's a, uh, you know, we've seen guys like Gary and Fitzy do it uh, time and time again, and there's, there's a real art to that. It's one thing to build an elite level car, but then to be able to build a car that works, drives, stops, starts, which is why that trophy so, uh, why those accolades are so important. Um, you know, and obviously won people's choice, which was another, which was mm, to some people right. is one of the biggest accolades. And then we won Street Machine of the Year in the same year. So, um, yeah, it ticked a few boxes, and and I think it did like it it did well for our for our community, like our car community. Yeah, have you have you got a favourite that you that you that you've had a you know big day and you go I just want to go and sit in it just for fun. Yeah, it, it depends what day it is, Ben. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Um, but yeah, I you know like I've got drivers that you know I, I, I love the whole car community from the grassroots to the to the very top. The the uh, the elite level is pretty hard to maintain. Uh, it's yeah. pretty intense and it's pretty competitive. But um, but you know at at that grassroots level. Um, it just depends what day it is. I just, I think the biggest thing that I've got from the whole, the whole journey from when I was a kid to to right now today and beyond is the, is the the mateship that I've got. My, my some of my best friends, if not all of my best friends, are from the car community. So, um, yep. you know, it's it's just a really enjoyable, healthy, uh, well-being hobby to be involved in or sport to be involved in, depending which side of the which side of the road you're on, you know, to, to me, it doesn't matter whether it's Holden, Ford, yeah, exactly. uh, supercharged or elite or, you know, a rat rod, whatever it is, you know, it's all about having a good time. So um, back to your question, it's about, I don't know what, depends what day it is, mate, how bad the day's been at work or how good it's been, just depends, you know. But, um, I, got, I, got a, I got a more important question. Mick, so um, did you ever get Sophie on side with zero? Oh, yeah, she was fully on board. Yeah, was, <laughs> That's it, good. That's really it, good. It was full circle. So uh, uh, she's putting the brakes on me now. But, you know, like, uh, hey, hey, but, but you know what you've got now? You've got you to be building a car with your young bloke. So that'll get well, we are. Yeah, yeah. We're building a HQ Ute. So Sam, Sam's got a HQ Ute. He's just... Uh, just had his 14th birthday and as a typical car kid, you know, he, he got a 350 uh, Chev 010 four-bolt block so, uh, for his 14th birthday, so it's pretty unique, you know, for, you know, it's not the unique in our game, but <laughs> yeah. um, it, it was unique amongst his mates. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're well and truly into a HQ build at the moment, so, uh, nice. which we started. So we're hoping, you know, by the time he's 18, it'll, it'll be a Summonats debut car, hopefully. Fantastic. Yeah, so. Look forward to seeing yeah, that, mate. So, I'm sure it'll so, be very nice. Well, got a little bit of a problem. He doesn't like what I like. He wants to <laughs> yeah. So we got, yeah. got this argy bargy thing. Who'd have thought father and son? And it's not as though you're very opinionated either, is it, Mick? No, no. no, 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 no I'm not going to get my own way. And then, you know, I've got ratbag mates that influence him. And, yeah, you know, like, red, like so, red. Exactly. So, you know, you know, red drops him off at work and does burnouts in front of his work and, you know, all sorts of stuff. You know, I've got to try and, trying to raise good, healthy kids, you know. Uh, Got rat bag uh, baits. And, 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 he, and he's doing a holding use, mate. I don't know what's going on. No, there you go. <laughs> That's fantastic, mate. Look, it's been really great to catch up. And like I said, I probably could have talked to you for an hour, but uh, it was really good. 
And I particularly wanted to touch on Zero because even though it got a lot of coverage and all that, I still don't think people realise what was achieved with that car. It was pretty special, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And um, I think one of the biggest things that surprised me was the, um, considering it's a four-door, is the um, fan base that it's got in the States. Yes, very much. It was really well, not, and we never got there. Um, uh, it was just too logistically challenging and, and you know, full credit to the guys that have done that, Chris and, and, and those guys that have done that journey. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big commitment. And, uh, and we, we just couldn't get logistically get that right. But, um, the, the, you know, God bless the internet, the, the fan base that it's got in the US, it's it really, um, you know, really shocked me. I, I, you know, over the years, the amount of emails that I get um, from from guys wanting information and wanting pictures and, and you know sending posters and all sorts of stuff. So um, yeah, and it, it was a good build. I think probably the other interesting fact about that build, we built that car in eleven months. We planned yeah. it for two years, wow. yeah. and, and we wheeled it into the shed and cut the floor and the firewall out of it and built it in eleven months. There was some really talented people within our game involved in that, and um, yeah, we it was a it was a seven day a week, eleven month build. Um, which was, you know, some of the best of the best worked on that car, which was another great thing to be a part of working with those guys. Yeah, fantastic, mate. All right, thank you very much for your time. Great to catch up. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. No worries. All good. Catch up with you. Cheers. See See you, mate. Welcome back. We're here with Marv. Mate, this is a conversation I've wanted to have well before we started these podcasts is that you're not just an angry man from the internet. You're, you're a through and through car guy and you've done cool <laughs> things, mate, that, that only many could aspire to do. Let's, uh, first of all, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm bloody well, mate. Like it's, it's, uh, it's tough times for everyone, but I was at Summon at Slam writing away for Street Machine and man, it was so good to get back to events. Just yeah. It was, wasn't it? You know, what, yeah. what a way to start 2021 and hopefully um, everyone who couldn't get there could at least yeah. uh, see what was happening online and, and, and feel a little bit included because it was a, yeah, it's a great way to kick off 2021 and hopefully we can get back to having more shows. Yeah, absolutely. I think I walked we up are. when I saw you there, when we got there on the, the whatever day it was and we just sort of stopped and looked at each other and just sort of nodded like, you know. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. Didn't even need to say nothing. It was just like, how good? The, the smell of E85 yeah. and the sound of blown V8s in the distance. It's, it's enough to make you tear up. <laughs> doing, doing car things with our car friends. That's what it's all That's about. It. Right? That's it. That's it. Absolutely. So, but the Marv we, know, we might know now, let's, let's go back to the, to the start. Let's take it right back to the beginning. You know, like what made you want to get into cars and be a, a part of automotive content? Um, that the, there was no escape for me. Uh, I, I come from a family where my dad is in the cars, his brothers in the cars, my cousins are all in the cars. Like there's just all my friends are in the cars. There's there's no hope for me. Um, <laughs> I did work experience. Um, my my dad is a big lover of European cars, so I actually did work experience at a classic Jag um, shop in Gosford. Grew up on the yeah. coast. A lot of cool yeah, cars cool. cruising around, and I realised that you know. Old Jags kind of look cool, but man, working on them is for someone mm. else. They're horrible. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I sat down. I thought about it, and I realised that um, those that do can, and those that can't, go and work on car magazines. So, 
it's that's a joke. Don't don't kill me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that, I, I, I literally I went and did a um I sucked at the HSC. I I, I completely bombed out and um I found a an online course or I found a course that was um advertised in the city and I went and did it and part of that was a work experience. And so I rang up the then editor of Street Machine, Mr. Jeff Seddon, probably twice a week for about three months and just pested him. <laughs> Until he said yes. <laughs> Until he said yes, come in and do awesome. a day a week work experience. And I was, I was in the worky and I, I went out on, I was the guy, if they had a press car that they needed returned or they needed um, Craig Parkies to get me to sit in the archives room for hours on end, digging out photos of, you know, from... 19 diggity six and, and whatnot, which is great. I learned all about the history of street machine. It was, it was the best education I could get. And um, yeah, that's, that's how I got my start. I started working in mags at the age of 19, pretty much out of school. And after doing this, this degree, who needs uni? You know, like, what do you mean? I, I'm joking. <laughs> Taught me how to drink. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I did. If I did, you're a street machine. <laughs> I, I left school and did a uh, pre apprenticeship course and did, went that way. And then I went back and did my HSC at TAFE, but I got minus 30 because I spent the whole time drinking and, uh, yeah, we won't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> it's but, the first day I went in to do – sorry, not the first week. It would have been maybe the second time I went in to do uh, work experience with the Street Machine guys. Um, it was off deadline. It was their first week off uh, the four-week site magazine cycle. Down the pub. Every, down, everyone, down the pub. everyone just all of a sudden at, at like five to five to twelve, everyone just got their bags and just kind of like filed out. And I was like, what, what, "What's going on here?" And they said, "Come with me, and we will educate you." <laughs> I know exactly where you went. <laughs> One of my favourite places, the pub. Exactly, <laughs> the Windsor. The Windsor on the corner of Park and Castle Ray, and um, I have poured the US defence budget into that uh, into that pub, which is sadly no longer there since. Yeah, right. I was just talking about pubs in general, but I, that is a good pub. You know, it was a good pub. Oh, look, it's, it's amazing to be around. Like, it, I, I love cars, and, yep. and but I also really love magazines, and I grew to really love the culture mm-hmm. um, in magazines. And um, we had, uh, there was a crew of guys who came along from, like, the picture, Australian Motorcycle News, all sorts of, like, car and bike and, and PMAG. Um, sort of guys who are just great guys hanging out and, and shooting the breeze every couple of weeks. And you heard some tall tales and some amazing turns of phrase. And it was, uh, yeah, I feel very lucky to have been a, to have been a part of that because, um, yeah, I know it didn't quite happen the same at other publishing houses. No doubt, no doubt. And then I guess from Street Machine, you did move through other stuff there, was which was ACP back then or it had changed? Yeah, so it was ACP and Kerry Packer was still alive at that point. So I used to drive my slammed five-litre VS Commodore um, down into the underground car park and set off all Kerry Packer's car alarms <laughs> and get banned from the car park. Um, Probably for sale somewhere now, so 30 grand. Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> But it, yeah, so we, I was working, I was kind of internal freelancer for Street Machine. I was there working, then I got a full-time job on a magazine called Speed Magazine that was uh, mm-hmm. like fast Japanese cars and huge German stuff. And then when that mag uh, unfortunately closed in 2005, I moved to Auto Salon Magazine. Um, I, I knew a few guys from there and they were trying to turn it from like Hyundai XLs on 20-inch Chromies into more of the like hardcore Japanese like yeah. fast car stuff mm-hmm. and it just that that was kind of that was i love v8s i've always i mean my first car was an hj monaro and i am v8 through and through but um when you go for a ride in a thousand horsepower skyline gtr it does yeah. things to your insides. it does it, just, it does it, they are awesome car yeah yeah there's something about it so i spent a couple of years working there and then i um i tried my hand at p- selling my soul and doing pr for a little bit for Toyota and, and a couple of those places. No. Nah. Um, nah, not for me. Not nah. for me. So I went and worked at um, Australasian Dirt Bike Magazine for a couple of years, which is where I met uh, Mr. Broadley, the esteemed editor yep. of Street Machine now. We worked together for a couple of years there and then I got tapped on the shoulder to come and do a, a relaunch of a little magazine called Motor Magazine uh, back in yeah. 2012. So, yeah, and then after that I've worked at Shannon's and a few other places and, um, yeah, it's, but it's... All through that, we've been, uh, I've always been writing for Street Machine because that's that's the mag that I have. At one point, I had every issue. I'd bought every single issue from October, November 95 through to like, um, I think I lost most of them in a shed fire back in about 14, 
2014. Mm. Many, many tubs of magazines, and I, I love the magazine dearly. No doubt, as a working in the ACP halls with motor and all that sort of stuff, you would have been flipped the keys to some pretty cool stuff. You got any uh, any crazy stories from those times? I have a lot of crazy stories. Um, I have been <laughs> fortunate to have driven everything from Ferraris and Lambos, including vintage Ferraris and Lambos, yeah, worth wow. ridiculous amounts of money, um, all the way through to being I, the, the cars I feel most special about are the ones that people have built and have thrown me the keys to because it's you know yeah. you're handing off your kid almost yeah um i have years and years ago i foolishly used to get into the passenger seat of feature cars beside feature car owners <laughs> and um there was a couple of very very scary incidents <laughs> where, where talent and ambition diverged <laughs> um yeah i wish that i had uh, a lump of coal to put somewhere warm and snug because i would have been making diamonds i can tell you right now <laughs> i bet i bet mate i bet I've got to say, like, there, there was a guy who threw me the keys to an 800-horsepower R34 GTR back in 04, which, and that would have been a mega-dollar car. That was, yeah. that was, And I was driving the thing on wet roads, and I just remember thinking that, like, if, if I get this even slightly wrong, I, I can't afford I, – I, I'll have to live three lifetimes to pay this guy back for his car because <laughs> um, I'm sure that insurance wouldn't cover me. And then there was another time that there was uh, – I was, I was passengering and uh, there was a racing driver behind the wheel. And, yeah, we saw well over 330 k's an hour yeah, wow. um, on a speed bowl. That was uh, – it's, it's, it's a different vibe. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. I bet. I went with um, – I was in a – uh, with Bo Yates once at this at the Top Gear Festival actually and he'd be doing rides all day and I finally it was my turn to get in the car just fit in the car God knows how but first corner we went down a billion miles an hour or whatever and the front ball joint snapped with lost steering we ended up in the sand trap flat out just looking at me going are you okay mate are you okay I'm like yeah a big smile I'm like, woo. <laughs> it's a memorable ride though, right? <laughs> That's right see you remember that at more than anything yeah but, but it's, see this is the my luck <laughs> also, but uh, you've also built built a few cars along the way, haven't you? And you've got something on the build now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I for years I went without a garage. So I was building cars on an open gravel driveway at my parents' house. That's dedication. Um, that is. Yes. Yeah. The arms all, covered in like the just you know the, the all the gravel presses in. <laughs> I went out. I went out on a date once, and um, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm great at talking about cars, but I'm gr- just crap at talking to women. So it was a rare thing for me to get a date. And um, I was at the dinner table and I reached up and I could just feel something a bit odd. And I literally brushed the gravel. back of my head and I realized like three bits of gravel dropped down and like hit the table. And you just, how do you explain that? <laughs> it's just somehow I ended up, I'm, I'm married now. So I mean, you know, uh, busted on something, out. right? But. <laughs> What's going on with the land yacht, mate? Tell us, tell us what's happening. Uh, I, I tried to forget about it last year. Um, it's been a, a very long process. Um, kids, if you're going to build a car, make sure that you uh, set out a plan right from the outset and, and just stick to the plan. Don't, don't let the snowball run down the hill because I started with a transmission rebuild, then it ended up in an engine rebuild and it's just blown out. But um, today, actually, I have all the, the diff housing sent down to Matty Dietrich at Geelong Biffs and he's going to build me a fat little nine inch. Um, I have a Pontiac. So like the diffs in those things used to be used in top fuel cars, like way back in the early sixties, they, they were chunky things. Yeah, right. But um, there's one place in the world that makes parts for them. And that's, right. in Fab, that's Fabcraft yeah. in the USA. And it was going to be just a King's ransom to bloody build a diff. Pontiac diff for it, so I figure I'm going to stick an LS in it, so I might as well just put a Ford diff in it and, um, you know, pure, purists be damned. Absolutely. Exactly. Meet me in the street, mate. Meet me in the street. <laughs> what's, the, what's the time frame on it? Never, never know with the field, though. We never know. Who knows? Every time you think, that, every time I think that I'm kind of creeping up on it, there's, there's some kind of calamity or I get busy with work and forget about it and, and yeah. whatnot, so... Um, I said last year that I really, at the start of last year, after Summer Nats, I got really keen and I kind of hooked in and cleaned it off all the dust and sort of organised the garage and organised all the parts. And then um, COVID hit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I had to go and um, 
I had to go and uh, spend three days resorting the garage because everything ended up reburied again. So, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I think the last time I, um, the last time most people saw my car, it was basically bare metalled. Um, it needs its air suspension system gone right through. I've now got new brakes on it, but if if I can crack on this year, there's a few there's a few other projects in the pipeline that I'm that I'm working with, like the guys from Mighty Car Mods and stuff like that. So. Yep. If I get a little bit of downtime, I might even um, chuck a coat of primer on it and just um, bust it out for the end of the year. Chuck a yeah, that'd be good. Junkyard yeah, yeah. plumbing or something, maybe. Awesome, mate. I've committed now, haven't I? I've done this. You have, it's on camera. I was going to say, it's on camera and I'm going to hold you to that, mate. So stitched all up. Good. Properly all stitched up. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just before we, obviously before we go, but I'd love, you've done so many cars and stuff and been with so many events with Street Machine over the years. Give us three of your favourite all-time all-time street machine cars, all-time. Uh, okay. I'd have to say that there's a whole bunch of street machine cars that sort of inspired me. Um, yeah. Craig Parker's XY is probably the first. Um, I've owned, I'm not really a Ford guy. I've never actually owned a Ford, but... Yeah, but it's nice. That car, I remember yeah. seeing that car on a poster and it just, oh, be still my beating heart. Um, there's probably... Greg Young's Impala, yeah, big influence on me back in the day. The sight of just a yep. stupendously large car smoking the tyres yep. was it, uh, that's probably one of the reasons why I still love Land Barges to this day, yeah. um, and, and still going strong. Yeah, with, and, with his young bloke, and tidy too. Like it's yeah, absolutely it gets the wheels driven off of it. It's tidy, um, and there's just. There's almost too many Kingswoods, like H, HQ to HZ Kingswoods. The, my first car is an HJ, so I always love those things. Yeah. Um, there's probably, probably um, maybe Ed Brody's Mr. HJ. I was yeah. about to say, I'm third. dying for you to say Mr. HJ, please say Mr. HJ. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many yeah. cars, though, because yeah. like... I met him the other week, and he's such a nice guy. It's a pretty nice special car. Guy. It's yeah, a pretty very. special car. Like it was, it was really another level. We're talking to Mick there earlier about cars, benchmark cars. It was a benchmark car in a state. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it's what's great is that you can look back through, um, you know, so many years of, of street machining history, even pre like Street Machine magazine, um, and some of the panel vans are great, and they're, they're great independently, whether they're pro touring or pro street or whatever they are. Yeah. You can really, you know, you can really drink in a, a good car stands on its own. You know, Absolutely. I was talking Very about much. this with um, with uh, Aaron Gregory and some of the other boys uh, a few few weeks ago, and you know, like you could park Aaron's pickup truck next to Fitzy's FC, and they're mm. great for different reasons. Correct. You know? yeah. That's it. Something, so something for everyone. We're a broad church, so that's great to it. Do, do, between you guys, I mean, obviously, do you think that the scene has become more accepting over the years and then of that sort of level of the two, those two cars allowed to be parked next to each other. Yeah, definitely yeah. has no doubt about that. It was all, it was very, very segregated even way back. And, and I remember something that resonates with me and has forever was standing in line with Chick Henry and he's saying, I'm going to have an event where everybody's welcome and all those tribes yeah. are going to come together. And that's, that goes back that far. And it was so segregated before that. So yeah, definitely. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny that, um, I remember Seto describing to me that um, he said two things to me that really stood out. He said, one, street cars are tribal, whether you're in a jack yeah. cars or whatever. Correct. Cars yeah. are every, every little niche is a tribe. Yep. Um, and he, the other thing that really stuck, stuck with me is that um, everyone's a champion. It doesn't matter if old mate has built the craziest 1980s Camira. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. Who are you to poo-poo it? Yep. Um, Absolutely right. And that's something that I always stuck by in judging and really instilled into my judges, just it doesn't matter. You're judging that car on what it is, not not on whether you like the car, whether you like the colour, whether you like the person, you're judging what you see in front of you. So that's exactly right. Yeah. I'm excited to see what comes too. Like I think the scene is more inclusive, possibly because a lot of people into cars feel quite outcast today. Like we're not there's all the news about the hoons, there's all this news about electric vehicles and the environment and Greta Thunberg memes and all that sort of stuff. So we I think in Australia we realise that we're a fairly we're a minority. And so mm. if you don't stick together with the guys who like MGBs and, you know, mm. old mm. Japanese cars and small wheels and stuff, you're gonna be out in the cold. So I think you're right. Yeah. 
you know, it doesn't cost us anything to appreciate the good yeah. cars and to try to, you know, if the scene polices bad behaviour, then we get a better scene. What's, Absolutely. What's yep. Here, here, what a great note to end on. That's awesome. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Appreciate your time. That's okay. Thanks for letting me ramble away. That's all right, Thanks mate. Nice. We are... Uh, all that and no ramp. It's great. We did that. <laughs> I am a happy guy, I promise. Yeah. No, we don't. Just that don't we... ask me about. <laughs> Perfect, mate. All right. Look forward to you, seeing mate. you at an event too, mate, no doubt. Too easy. Well, I'll see you there and see that. I'll see that VL of yours there too. I was just about to say, we were talking about COVID. A lot of people, uh, some did get some done. I got... Uh, Broad sort of put me on the spot in one of these podcasts and I sort of... And then I'm going, you know what, I'm going to prove everybody wrong that said I just let them sit in the garage and rot, which is partially true. So now I'll finish it, get the car, and, and I'll let it sit in the garage and rot, but at least yeah. it'll be finished, right? Now, I, now I'm on his case, Marv, so... Yeah, I, it's, I think I think it's a group It's a group effort. I think I got yeah. some, some some sanding dust on it today, but now they're working on it, don't worry. Awesome. I, awesome. I, um, awesome. <laughs> I look forward. I look forward to seeing it, and um, yeah, hopefully I look, I, can, forward, um, I, look, I look forward to doing a massive burnout in it too. You, yeah, well, I think, uh, I on, think the, on the track. No, no, I'll yeah. probably just skid row. Won't be doing that. No, no <laughs> yeah, <burnout. laughs> Chris mate, once, once. I um, I have, I have some, um, I have some MCM work on the go, which will be at Summonats yeah. okay. next That's year, and good. it will well, be in skid row. Is that an awesome. Is that an exclusive? <laughs> uh You'll you'll learn more later in the year. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Oh well, keep an eye out for that, everybody. That's going to be cool. That's awesome. it. I'm looking forward to summer notes 34. Well, hopefully, we'll all be there. Oh, that's it. That's it. I can taste the froths already. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Take me now. Take me Thanks. now. Thanks, Marv. Thanks, Marv. Appreciate it. Bye, Catches. mate. Cheers, mate. Dad. With Haltech, you unlock the power. With everything from universal ECU kits, plug and play kits, to dashes, gauges, merchandise, and more. Have a look at this. Oh my gosh. Have a look at that. Buttons. Nice. Haltech.com. That's it. Dot com. Burson Auto Parts are the best people in the business. With over 190 stores Australia-wide and over 850 delivery vehicles to get the parts you need to you. You can expect expert service and advice from the most experienced parts people in the game. There's a $70,000 big brand giveaway and all you need to do is join free at bursongarage.com.au. All right, we're here with Mark Boxer. Mark's been in the media a long time. Mark's one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on here today is because if we go back to where it all started for you, there's there's quite a long story and you've done some cool stuff, mate. Uh, let's, you know, um, obviously for people who might not know who you are, most people will, but give us a bit of a rundown and then we might go back to the start. Well, I, I intentionally didn't shave tonight because, yeah, I got the grey ones coming out. So, you know, it's showed my age, but... Um, no, I think uh, we've all been around a while. Owen's probably been a bit around a bit longer than the rest of us, but uh, somebody to aspire to and look up to. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Absolutely. But um, I think I was one of the lucky ones that sort of wrangled my way into the car magazine scene. And it's funny, I was only just thinking yesterday, back in the days when we all sort of got started, there was all the guys that had been around for like 20 years and now it's like, oh, crap, now we're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and the other guys have been around 40 years mate yeah I know I know I know from collecting Fast Fours magazines from when I was younger obviously um, you, I mean you're a little bit older than me not a lot but just a little bit but I remember seeing your name in there and you, you know when you were the way car mags worked back then you went through from the front to the back and you knew everything on every page you knew who was there right. and who was this and who took that photo and all that sort of stuff a lot of that's I don't know if it's gone these days but you know obviously with the Stronghold magazines we have like Street Machine but there's not as many mags and as much going on. So we all used to know it front to back like that. But Well, these days it's just an information overload. Like the web just throws everything at you. So even back yeah. then when I started reading Street Machine when I was a kid and first got in as a first-year apprentice mechanic, um, you'd even look at the ads and you'd be like, oh, man, you know, I really wanted one yeah. of those Edelbrock manifolds or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. These days Correct. you're just getting hammered with ads anyway. So it's always like, oh, yeah. But, yeah, the, the excitement sort of worn off a little bit, but I'm really glad that the guys at Street Machine and some of the other mags Completely, are still yeah. 
kicking along to the you know the hardcore people out there, and it is nice to still pick up a magazine and flip through. I mean, even the other day, Telf um, messaged me out of the blue, and I quickly ran down and got some photos for him for a story they're doing. So it's, awesome. it's nice to still be included and do a little bit of stuff here and there. So yeah, it's, nice, so, yeah. it's so true, Mark. I remember when uh, we were you know eighteen, nineteen, we just raced down to get street and strip or was van van wheels before it was then even street machine or former street car and you just look so forward to that coming out and yeah that that side of it has gone but there is like we just said with street machine that there's still a lot of really good information out there and and still great to grab a mag Mm. absolutely absolutely i want to touch on mark your time at fast fours let's let's you know we don't have to go all the way back but how did that come about and tell us some cool stuff about what happened when you were there well, I'll cut it down, but the, the story is actually quite funny because at the time I was working for Auto Salon, mm-hmm. and I think I met Owen about that time as well, but um, I was just yep. this uh, young dumb guy in Adelaide, me and a friend <laughs> set up a stand at, uh, at the Auto Salon in Adelaide and <laughs> got, and I was actually, I was doing stuff for uh, Luke from, um, little Luke and Jordy from Full Boost, so I was just sort of doing some stories and bits and pieces and ended up... Um, through that, I think I met Craig Parker and did a little bit of freelance for Street Machine. But um, the guys from Auto Salon offered me a job, packed all my crap up, moved to Sydney, started working for them. And then through that, I ended up getting some freelance with Street Machine, Zoom, Fast Fours, Hot Fours. Just, you know, it was just a mixed bag of everything. And it was good times because it was just freelancing to everything. But yeah. um, during that time, I had an offer for a job from a certain uh, Jeff Seddon. And I was, you know, living the dream, doing the freelance thing, running around Australia doing car show stuff. So I turned him down. So I think uh, I, I thought I was the only person, but I think Mark R. Bluster also goes down in history as a person to turn down a job at Street Machine. But uh, at the, not long after that, um, Kurt Dupre was doing uh, Speed Magazine. And uh, same deal, I was sort of, you know, doing freelance for him and everything. But it wasn't until the turning point where Auto Salon started their own magazine, which kind of threw a spanner in the in the works. And at that time, uh, Mark Hanna and Paul Franks sort of dragged me into the uh, Fast Fours office there and, you know, catch up. And next thing I knew, I was getting a job offer and uh, I really love Fast Fours magazine. So I um, yeah. jumped ship and went over there and I was at Fast Fours for two and a bit years. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time... Um, I got offered a gig in California and it was a very short-lived gig because unfortunately the magazine didn't last very long. That was with um, TPR magazine, which is the sister magazine to D-Sport, kind of like um, Zoom magazine. But um, I was over there for a little bit, came back and then ended up at Express Publications. It would have been a good That's- experience, no doubt, going to the States though, even though the mag, whatever, but surely. Oh, it, was, it was short-lived, but I made so many really good friends there and when I was back, there in 2019 um i spent my time there in uh, san diego and some really good friends i went down and caught up with one of my best friends down there justin lim who runs a um like a tuning shop and stuff like that it's proper old school shop you go and there's hondas and all sorts of stuff like that but um yeah him and um uh, greg hatton who's a photographer and cinematographer over there now uh jay Cantor, who's um the great photographer there who's been around forever um shot everything shot for every magazine but um yeah just really good contacts and i think um as much as social media sucks um and i'll say that on behalf of everyone it is good that we can still catch up with people even though we can't see them and i guess with you know the pandemic pandemic and everything we can still talk and reminisce and stuff like that and talk about the next time we can actually catch up so so yeah. is that where is that where you got the the love of the states, Mark? Because um, I thought this this time of uh, year I'd be talking to you in the states. Yeah, well, I, my first trip to the states was actually in two thousand three, um, and that was uh, I flew into LA first. My first um, landing in LA. I'm like I'm definitely in LA because I've just seen my first set of fake boobs, <laughs> and um, <laughs> from there I spent eight hours sitting outside the airport. Were during a bomb scare, only to get onto a plane to Colorado Springs. Met up with Alistair Ritchie, who a lot of people know, a great photographer, um, one yep. of the, uh, you know, one of the old school photographers um, at Pikes Peak. So I went to Pikes Peak Hill wow. with Alistair. Um, that was amazing. Um, that was back when it was still dirt too, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And from there, I flew into a place called Harvard of Grace in Maryland where Luke Oxley from Full Boost's mum lived. 
So okay. we hung out there for a bit and then jumped in a car and drove to English Town, New Jersey and went to IDRC SummerSlam in yeah. English Town. That was back when sport compact drag racing was massive and being at Fast Fours at the time, it was great too because um, Luke was doing stuff himself and, and he was also running um, with me off the street, which was the sport compact section of the magazine and, and also offshoot magazines. But um, there, the two of us and Jay Cantor hung out. We met. All of the top sport combat guys, and back then I was running in the sixes. Then it was amazing, but um, you know, Titan Motorsports were only running a, a independent rear super at the time. You know, they went on yeah. to do massive things. But um, yeah, just meeting all those people. But they, I just found that everyone was so approachable and and so cool to deal with. It was no sort of egos. It was just yeah, everyone was so sponsor savvy and smart about the way they went about things and and dealing with the media, but also just. You know, hanging out with us because we were Aussies as well. But um, yeah, that time as well, went to New York and um, met up with uh, Jackie Ling and uh, Preston, who ran Urban Racer, which was kind of like full boost in the States. Uh, uh, one quick little story I remember they took us to a workshop there. The guy's name was Racer X, and it was just this like skunkworks workshop with supers with massive turbos and stuff like that. And as far as I believe, that's the guy they, um, they, based uh, Vin Diesel's character on for Fast and Furious. I might be wrong, but it was kind of cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I just love the States because um, it's, just, it's just so different everywhere you go as well. Like, um, yeah. And I've, I've still got this dream of going to every single state in America and visiting people. And it's cool now that I know enough people in a lot of different places there that you can sort of, you know, go in between and stuff like that. And, yeah, I keep saying that... Um, uh, Asian from Street Outlaws and and, and Lou and uh, Kyle from Thirteen Twenty that I definitely want to go over and yeah see those guys and stuff like that. Not name dropping or anything like that, but they're just really cool dudes. Uh, um, yeah, and you know living the dream, doing doing what they love. So and that's that's what a lot of people over there do. So yeah, I, I, no doubt that a lot of that resonates with you, Webby. I know you got a, a bit of a love affair with the, with America as well and the culture, definitely. and the cars yeah, and the people. Yeah, I've been, this was the first year, uh, last year was the first year I hadn't been to Seaman for 12 years. So, wow. yeah, I felt like, um, yeah, a little bit of, a little bit was missing. So, yeah, can't oh. wait to get back myself. No, yeah. not, so not only with uh, you've been involved in the magazine game, obviously you're a, you're a content guy for yourself now. You, you run a Hoon TV. I mean, you're involved in a whole bunch of other stuff. You do A lot of people might not know that you do uh, some filming for, you know, obviously various sports I'll let you talk about in case there's something you don't want me to talk about. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been, um, I keep saying, I've been really lucky. I mean, I guess I, I always try and work hard and do the right thing and that sort of thing. But um, yeah. everything from being involved with the Summonats TV show for oh, probably the best part of eight years now. And I think mm. this this year would have been my 24th Summonats I've been to, wow. um, if it had happened. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, being involved in that, but also... Uh, I think some of my first TV I got involved with was um, thanks to um, Dean and Nathan, the guys I was doing Andrew Pro Series drag racing, running around on the start line in amongst all the nitro fumes with a camera on my shoulder. And <laughs> just, you know, the first time you do it, you don't know what the hell's going on. The camera's out of focus because you can't see anything because your eyes are watering. But after a while, you get used to it and, and get into it. But, um, yeah, from there, everything circuit racing um, and probably the big ones, supercars and Bathurst and stuff like that. So... Yeah, that must be, must be pretty cool being on the on the side of the mountain yeah. watching the race from a front row seat. Oh, yeah. Well, even being in the pits, you know, like um, yeah. doing Bathurst and Bathurst 12-hour and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a real honour to be um, – it's hard work, but it's an honour to be in the pits running around chasing Larco and that or just when a car comes in, you sort of run in with a camera and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely um, something I love doing. And, or to be and, the guy on the hill that catches that one crash that's just going to go – have you got any hits you've – any of the crap big crashes we've seen yours? Uh, probably. Well, last year's Bathurst, I um, I wasn't in the pits that time. I was actually running a camera called a hothead camera, which is it's almost like a remote control oh. camera because it's in just coming through it down through the cutting. And it's in such a dangerous spot. I can't actually put a cameraman there. Yeah. So it's a camera that's on a little mm -hmm. rig, and you're basically just hiding in a tent with some joysticks running <laughs> it. And um, yeah, got some pretty wild crashes with that. So um, and you got to be sort of on it the whole time. But yeah, um, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's just like no matter what part of the Bathurst production you're in, it's it's just an epic event to be involved in. And I kind of wish um, down the track they do like a Netflix doco or a Fox doco or something just on the behind the scenes of the Bathurst TV, just everything yeah. down to 
like all the dumb stuff, like how many metres a cable get run and all that I sort bet of thing. Millions it's, of kilometres. <laughs> it's, it's won Logies that many times, but you, people just don't realise how much goes into it. And like yeah. each and every person does their little bit, but all the planning and all that that the crew do beforehand is just huge. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. I'm, I'm, what were you going to say, Webs? I was going to say you're also a, a car builder. So you've got a couple of cars, haven't you, which you build over the years? Still got a couple now. Yeah, well, one of them being a car that's been built over a few years and a lot yes. of people have a giggle with that. Um, my Falcon Ute, which um, I had featured in Street Machine, which is just a real honour. It was so cool to have a car in that magazine. Even a little mention on the front cover just means everything too. But um, back when I was at Street Forwards magazine, when I think, Josh, you were working at Express as well, I went out yep. with Liam, Liam Quirk and we went and test drove this XH Falcon Ute. Just wanted... At the time, being in a Ford magazine, I was like, oh, I want to do something that's kind of like the VR Commodore era because Broad's had an XR8 ute, poor bloke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he can explain that later. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'll build something like that and got it, lowered it, put some wheels on it, did all the typical stuff, and I said, like, oh, maybe we'll turbo it. And then the next thing, oh, these new Barra engines are out. So, you know, back in 2008. So I did that, and then it all got out of hand, cut all the rear end out, put a cage in it, tubbed it, ladder bars, now it's a drag car. And <laughs> <laughs> it's completely completely got out of hand. And recently you've you've obviously built Frank the Tank, which is uh, in, no doubt uh, our great sponsors of this show, Burson Garage, have been involved in. Yeah, and a massive thanks to Burson and DBC for making that happen, um, <laughs> DBC too. And, um, yeah, they hit me up and said, you know, what projects have you got on the go? And I sort of mentioned the ute, but I said, like, the ute's kind of done. Mm-hmm. I said, I've got my old Land Cruiser, though. It's done about 600,000 Ks. And, <laughs> yeah. And they said, what are, you, what are you going to do to it? And I said, oh, I'd always had this crazy idea of turning it into a panel van. And, um, yeah, it all sort of went from there. And next thing we knew, it was at Summonats last January sitting there. It wasn't running yet because I um, didn't want to rush that part, but we got it sort of in the, pushed it into the pavilion and had it there. But uh, it's now on the road. I've heard, it, I've heard it running. It sounds pretty good. Oh, it's great. I mean, um, the fact that it's not just a Land Cruiser panel van, it's got a six-litre LS in it with a cam. It's all six-speed auto, got all the Tiptronic, and it's 100% street legal. It's, um, it's been through the engineer, done everything now, and um, even discussed the potential of maybe putting a supercharger on it at some stage with the engineer, nice. which isn't going to take a lot of work either. But, yeah, just as a project... Um, on Hoon TV, it's been great. And um, are we yeah, talking blind methanol motor out the hood, or are we talking like nice underbody? No, no, just belly? something, something <laughs> nice and nice and nice and uh, clever, like a Harrop blower or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it, the great thing is that even though it's canned and stuff like that, it's still really drivable. And um, I'm actually hoping to, um, depending on what happens with all these crazy lockdowns and stuff like that, but I'm hoping to jump in and, and go for a road trip to Melbourne because. Um, not just Burson, but there's a lot of other sponsors that helped out with the car, like Bendix and Ryko and Mark's Full Drive and all those companies are over in Melbourne. So it'll be a nice little road trip to just go and sort of say, you know, here's the car, check it out, take it for a spin in it and stuff like that. So yeah, provided they don't close the borders again, I'll be doing that pretty soon. So Yeah. Mm. Nice, mate. I, I tell you what I love about you, Mark. I love that you're a passionate guy, when you, whether it's building drag cars or making content. I like the fact that too, you know... Um, a bit of a, a bit of a plug for your three-footed monster thing. I think that you know, no doubt, you've been working on hard. That give us a bit of a rundown well, on that. Well, I'll just go back one second because I never went in the Summonats tattoo competition because I was too busy <laughs> with the uh, with the TV crew. But I do have that there, wow. which is my which is my car nerd one. But yeah. you just mentioned passion. I've got the other one there that says passion and perseverance. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, but yeah, um, the three-footed monster. That's um, something I a little camera mount mount type of thing I designed yep. a long, long time ago. It was just a bit of messing around, just sort of trying to work out different ways of, before GoPros even existed, um, pencil cameras, me and a mate were messing around with magnets and stuff like that. And then um, last year with all the pandemic stuff, I had to really knuckle down and find some stuff to do and decided to actually make it into a proper product. Yep. And um, yeah, it's, it's going quite well. Um, so far... We ran a Kickstarter campaign just to get off the ground and then um, from there it's just on the market now. So um, it's been really popular with full drivers uh, yep. but also um, I put up a video yesterday just messing around the workshop. You can pretty much stick it to anything in a workshop. So there's so many guys and girls now doing YouTube videos and, and stuff yeah. where they're just in the workshop messing around with cars. Even 
Andrew Hawkins grabbed one. He's under a car, sticking it here and there. And, yeah. And it's just the way that it works, it's so quick and easy to set up um, that, you know, you're not messing around clamping bits and pieces and you can quickly rip it off and stick it on another spot and set up as well. Even um, Frank from Dandy Engines grabbed one. He's using it to shoot his dyno videos and stuff yeah, nice. like that. Harrop are using one in their CNC machine. Um, it's, a couple of supercars yeah. teams are using them. It's it's been really cool. So it's it's good to see a lot of you know. I know you're a camera. Obviously, you're obviously you're a car, you're a car guy first and foremost. But as a camera operator, it's no doubt good to have that. You know, uh, you've sort of you know made it because you sort of probably needed it, and then that's yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Um, any new product that comes out, always sort of somebody trying to solve a problem, I guess. And the problem yep. we had was just. Um, trying to work out how to you know, set things up quickly, especially um, I think back in the day we were doing a lot of drifting stuff and um, you know, that sort of stuff. You don't have a lot of time to run in and put clamps in cars and stuff like that. Yeah. You just literally got to throw it in and run. And, um, yeah, at the time it was just that what, that was what worked. And, yeah, now it's sort of been refined somewhat from the original design. It's all CNC machined and, and quite good. So it's um, designed to last a while and the magnets are very strong as well. So, and... Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of other versions coming out soon. So I think it's awesome. Aussie's doing awesome things, mate. So I hope it will, all goes well. You know, it's good to see someone with passion put something into into progress. It's awesome, uh, mate. I mean, we've all been around, seen so many Aussie companies making cool stuff, and it's been great too with some other Aussie. I won't mention names, but some other really successful Aussie company owners that have been um, yep. good to you know bounce ideas off as well. They've been really helpful. So it's yeah, yeah, it's been nice. Awesome, mate. That's good. Good job. Absolutely. Got to support our Aussies. Appreciate your time coming on today, Mark. No, I appreciate you having me on. No, no worries at all, mate. Keep it up. No doubt we'll see you in an event soon if we get the, the borders are easing and stuff. So, And uh, if I can uh, give myself a quick plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoon TV turned 10 years old the other day. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, and, um, it's, it's, it's only ever been something I've done for fun, so I haven't been pushing for the million subscribers and all that sort of stuff. Like It's, um, it's yeah. big business these days, but... Um, it is getting close to 50,000 subs, so, yeah. It's um, awesome, it's, mate. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah keep good. it up. I'm certainly a big fan. So, if, you know, Hoon TV, get out there and watch Australian content. We all support and watch American stuff, but we've got to watch the Aussie stuff too. Absolutely. Exactly. Fair awesome. dinkum. On you, Mark. Thanks a lot, mate. You, mate. Absolutely, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. No worries. Cheers. Bye, Bye. Cheers. All right, welcome back. We are near the end of the show. Cracking chat with... Mark Boxer there and Marv and Mick Fabar. What about Mick's shed? He's just got all the toys there. <laughs> he has. And uh, look, we sort of, uh, what my concern going into that conversation was that uh, he, he's done so many things that we wouldn't be able to cover everything. And something I didn't cover with him was that he also used to be a, uh, a boxer. I used to actually go and see him, fought, see him fought one night at Marrickville RSL and uh, on the same card as, as Anthony Mundine. Wow. But he also, he's also owned the um, the world record for the most amount of punches in one minute. And that's I think that's still in the Guinness Book of Records. So yeah, wow. He's a, yeah, he's absolutely um, – he's, he's done it all. There's no doubt about Mick. And, and such an unassuming guy. He's a really great guy. Yeah, yeah. Does that come into mind when you're judging his car whether he's going to come up and you know, if he's no, like, oh, no, one, no. one, two, good night? <laughs> no, 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 no. no he builds it well enough. He doesn't need any. <laughs> he does, and that's it. But what a what an interesting guy that can, like the business that he has, the sports yeah. that he that he does, and then builds the cars at that level and. And his business, as he as he touched on there, but uh, he was a bit humble. It's it's a really special business as well, and it's it's really kicking off big time in the states. I'm sure, as he said, COVID uh, slowed it down a little bit, but it's 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 a pretty special business as well. And I'm very keen to see that nice that nice. Uh, as you say, HJU. That's going to be HQ with his young HQ. Fella. That's right, HQ. Yeah, that'll be no doubt. That'll be. Uh, Pretty close to elite level. I'm sure Mick won't want to do it. That'll be nice. And what sort of what sort of fourteen year old kid gets a four 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 ball three fifty Chev block for your birthday? Fourteenth birthday. Fourteenth birthday. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say the only person I feel um, unfo- feel unfortunate, or sorry for, there will be Sam, his young bloke, because because Mick will be on his case. You got to do this and you got to do it that <laughs> way. But no, nah, it'll be good. He'll be a, he'll turn out to be a great car builder as well. I'm sure. Yeah, awesome. Someone's going to carry the passion on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Don't forget, Rocky Nats tickets are still on sale. If you want to get one, make sure you get them because, like Webby said in the intro, they're going to be gone. 
Yep, they'll be gone. Yep. And look, it'll just be worth coming to see some of the great cars and that, that whole event is going to take over the whole town. There'll be elite cars, there'll be unveiled cars, there'll be a bike show, there'll be drifting, there'll be um, street drags, show and shine outside. It is just, oh man, I can't wait. I've got my bags packed over there, mate. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Me too. Ready. Let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to support Burson Garage at bursongarage.com.au. Please get on there and sign up for them. They support our show, make it possible to bring it to you guys every week. We really appreciate you doing that. I know lots of people have signed up and they've let, let me know on through social media and all that sort of stuff. So good to see you guys getting involved with that. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. Great show. Thanks, Thanks. Jay Benz. Awesome. Great show. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. We'll see you next Tuesday.